840. Someone's got a knock on the table in his absence. We miss you, Michael. Uh, we're learning Maseches Yivamos Daf Chaf Aleph, and we are starting two lines from the bottom on Chaf Beis. Yesterday, we were discussing a sugya about an almana who, Yibum fell to a coin gadol. The case scenario is that Ruvain and Shimon are brothers. Ruvain is married to a regular woman. They're fully married. And then Ruvain dies, and this wife, we'll call her Chana, falls to the Kohen Gadol, but she's an Almana, and she's had Tash Meshamita with this person, both of which are Psulim for a Kohen Gadol. So the Gemara says as follows, two lines from the bottom at the two dots, two lines from the bottom of Chafamud Beis. The Gemara says, Itmar, Bias Kohen Gadol Be'almana. What happens if, in fact, a Kohen Gadol does marry this Yivama, he does marry this Almana, what happens to the Tzarat if there were to, were to be a second wife? That's a Machlokas. Rabbi Yochanan that this does not, um, uh, this does not uh, remove the need uh, for, for the Tzarat to have Chalitza, she would still need Chalitza. And now the Gemara distinguishes on the very top of Chafal as to the two possible cases of an Almana. Either they were fully married or they were only partially married. Maybe, maybe the case was that she was fully married. And maybe the case was that she never fully married Ruvain. She only got engaged and then he died. So says the, the Gemara on the top of Chafal Aleph, if the Almana was fully married to Ruvain and only then Ruvain died. So she's not only married in betrothal, but she also has been fully married. They've had Tash Mashamita. Kuli Alma lo pligi de lo patra. Everyone agrees that this Yibum will not exempt her. Why is that? Because it's not Yibum. Yibum is an Ase, but Yibum cannot override a dual challenge of the Kohen Gadol. There's both a Losa Ase and an Ase as it relates to the Kohen Gadol marrying the Almana. There's an Ase that he has an obligation to marry a woman who's a Basula, which he violated. And there's a Losa Ase that he's not allowed to marry an Almana. So what that means is that we, we have Ase, Doche Losa Ase, and uh, it's against I'm sorry, we have an ase of Yibum, and it's against the los ase and ase of the halachos of a coin gadol. So since the woman herself, it really it wasn't Yibum, it wasn't a marriage, it's not even allowed. Therefore, the tzara is not petura. However, kipligi, uh, what is the case scenario? So let's say Ruvain is married to Chana, but they're only engaged. So they did the first phase, harad and they're halachically engaged, but they're not married. They did not have tash Meshamita. Under those circumstances, there's not a say and losa say that the Kohen Gadol violated because she's still a basula. If a woman is still a basula and the Kohen Gadol marries her, fine. But she's still an almana. Her husband did die, even though she, she, she is only a wife and he is only a husband of a betrothal. It still is considered a marriage of some kind. So that's when we have our machlokas. The machlokas is between... Uh, Rav Yochanan and Rav Lazar, some change it from Rav Yochanan to be another Amora. Uh, what does it change it to, to Rav Acha. Either way, what's their machlokes? According to the one who says that the tsara would be exempt if the Kohen Gadol married the Almana, that's in a case of Asi Asei V'dachi Asalosase. That's only true in a case where there's Asei and Losase, and that's what we have here. We have Asei Dochelosase. Because there's the mitzvah sasei of yibum, there, but there's only one iser going on with the kohen gadol and this woman, and that is marrying an almana. So I say dochelosase. Therefore, the yibum is chal. Therefore, the woman is poteras. Therefore, the tzara is going to be poteras. However, umanda marena poteras. According to the amora who holds, according to the amora who holds that the tzara is not poteras, why is that the case? Because even though it's true that the yibum is only up against one iser, which is the kohen gadol marrying an almana. 
oh, this we saw yesterday a little bit, that maybe the Kohen Gadol should never have done Yibum because he had the option of doing Chalitza. And if the Kohen Gadol has the option of doing Chalitza, then we don't employ Asei do Chalosa Asei because the Asei of Yibum had another track. Maybe we could have done the Asei um, of Chalitza instead. So says the Gemara, that's a possible answer, but we're going to reject it. Meisve, the Gemara asks, six lines down, Meisve, we saw a brisa yesterday, that if a coin gadol does in fact do yibum with a, a woman who is betrothed, and he does yibum with this woman and she's an almana, so the Gemara says that the that it was kone, which means that should still work because yibum was allowed in this case. We see that it was chal. Says the Gemara Tiyufta, that does in fact reject one of the opinions that we just saw, which is the opinion of Eina Poteris. At the same time that this was a question on our Gemara, it's also a question on yesterday's Gemara. Because yesterday, Reish Lakish posited that maybe we should not do Yibum because he's a Kohen Gadol. Maybe we can fulfill all of our halachic requirements. Instead of doing Yibum, you can do Chalitza, which maybe is a mitzvah deoraisa. Maybe, let's see. Lema Tehavi Namitu for the Rish Lakish, who yesterday recommended that we should not do Yibum in the case of an Alman and a Kohen Gadol, but rather we should do Chalitza to fulfill our obligations of the Psukim and Chumash by, by Yibum. So Amar Lach Rish Lakish, that's not correct. Kiamina Ana, when do I say that Chalitza is appropriate and therefore um, and therefore it should be done? That's Hecha de Mekayme Mitzvah. That is where you actually are doing what is right. And the Mitzvah in that case is Chalitza, where a woman uh, should do Chalitza. However, Aval. This is a very important yesod in understanding the basic psukim and chumash. The Torah tells us an open story. This was the first night that we learned the Masechet Yibamos. We looked at the psukim. And it said that if a man doesn't want to do Yibam, then he can do chalitza. But Rish Lakish is saying he's qualifying. It's not so much that he doesn't want to. He can't. We don't allow yibum in all cases, as we've seen. So in a case where we don't allow yibum, then chalitza is a mitzvah. But where yibum is allowed, so then chalitza is not a mitzvah. You, it might be functional, it might work, but it's not appropriate. So that's what Reish Lakish says. And therefore, in his case scenario, he must have been talking about a chalitza, which was, uh, which was b'makom mitzvah, where yibum was not allowed. Now we're going to jump into a very long sugya about shnios. It's a bit of a complicated sugya with a lot of nuance in it. And that's why some of these pictures will be helpful. I was saying to David before we started tonight that one of the challenges of learning yivamos is that we don't really have like terra firma, like we're not used to this space. It's very, very new. When we talk about Hilcho Shabbos, okay, we don't know every Mishnah Brewer, every Shach and Taz, but we have a, we have a clue. We, like, we have an idea of what, what Hilcho Shabbos is. With Yibun, we have no idea. We, we're like starting out of left field. So right now we're going to learn uh, what, what all these Dine de Rabbanon are within Yibun. And we might've thought, I certainly thought that some of these were Isuri de Orisa. For example, marriage to a grandparent, Mido Orisa. Well, we're going to see in the Gemara what the din is over there, but it's a bit surprising. It's only an Isra de Rabbanon. How is that possible? Because we don't know anything about Yavam. I, I don't know anything about Yavamo. So like when I am learning all of these new things, I'm like, oh, brand new, brand new, brand new. So we just have to have a sense of, um, we're kind of missing some of the foundations. By the time we're done with the Masechta, had we come back and learned it again in seven and a half years, then we'll feel a little bit, okay, now we have some familiarity. So let's jump into this sugya about Shnios, about Dine de Rabbanon. Omar Rava, a discussion of whether or not Rava was the one who said this. Remez l'shnios minatora minayim. Where is a hint in the Torah that there are shnios? Shnios was the language of, uh, of, of our Mishnah to speak about dine de Rabbanon as it relates to Yibum. So the classical case of Yibum is that Reuven is married to, Reuven is married to Rachel. Reuven dies without children. And then Rachel falls by Yibum to Shimon, classical case. But there are many other cases that 
of various family trees and iterations where it's not an Isser Daraisa and it's an Isser Daraban. And that, those are Shneos. And that is the Torah protecting us to make sure we don't violate any larger Isser. We'll learn about that in a little bit. So where do we see Psukim and Chumash about this? We're 10, 12 lines down on Chafalaf and Aleph. We're going to see five answers to this question. Here's answer number one. The Pasuk says, all of these abominable things that were done, ha'el, usually is ha'ele. So this is the word we're going to play off of. Ha'el implies kashos. Those are ha'toivos ha'el. Toivos are abominations, ha'el. So these terrible, very strong word. Michlal, that also implies the ikarakos, that there are some things that are softer. There are some things that are less severe. So the dine do raisa are called the rakos. And Umayninhu, what are the, the I'm sorry, Dine Do Raisa referred to as ha'el. And what are the, the rakos, Umayninhu? Those are shneos, dine de Asks the Gemara on the text of the Pasuk, it says, How do we know that the word Ha'el is a reference to something that is very difficult, a strong language? <clears throat> says the Gemara, Pasuk that teaches us that Ele is a word of strength. Says the Gemara, maybe this is an argument, maybe this idea that Ha'el is a very strong word disagrees with the Shita of Levi. How so? This is one of the things that we might have heard over the years, that when you mess around with weights and measures and you cheat people with weights and measures, that's even worse than arayos. Very strong line of the Gemara. So if you ever go to the gas station, you'll see a sticker on there. And the sticker says that somebody came there to measure that when it says one gallon, that it actually is producing one gallon because the weights and measures. You don't know how much it was flowing out of. You have no idea. If you look inside of it and you start, that's a bad idea. We have no idea. The only way to test is to take an external container, fill it up exactly one gallon and see what the machine says. If you cheat, that's called cheating on your midos. That's worse than our rios. How does that work? Says the Gemara, because when it comes to our case, it says the word el, ha'el. And yet when it comes to midos, it says the word ha'ele. What does that imply? That ele is a very severe word and el is not such a severe word. So says the Gemara, that's not a very good question because ale kasha, the ale kasha me'el. It doesn't mean that ale is not kasha. It just means that ale is stronger. So it doesn't, not a big deal. So now we have three levels. Ha'ele is the worst. Ha'ele is the second worst. And then the one under that is Dine Derabban, and that's Shneos with the word, uh, with the with a reference to Ha'ele uh, being uh, strong. And then there must therefore be something that's rach. So it says the Gemara, but wait one second, Gabe Arayos, Nami Hoksiv Ela. We see that by Arayos, we do have the word Ela. So why are you saying that Midos are worse than Arayos if you're learning from the words Ha'el and Ha'ele? Haray, when it comes to the world of Arayos, we have the word Ha'ele. We have the word Ela too. Says the Gemara, you're right, we do. But that word Ela comes to make a very important distinction between Midos and Arayos. What's that? Ha'ulimeute Midos Mikaris. That's to tell you that in as much as it's true that there's a severity and we'll learn what the severity is, that there's a severity to messing around with weights and measures, but still there's no kares. Masha'en came with arayos, that many cases of arayos, not all, many cases of arayos um, are, are kares. Rahman al-Litzlan, Hashem should protect everyone. If ever there is a case scenario when a person is in a scenario of one of the mitzvot, if somebody says, sleep with this person right now or I'll kill you, you have to know the halachos. Some cases are only Dine de Rabbanon. Some cases are Dine de Rais. These are big sugyas in, in Rishonim and in Poskim. I saw in the Encyclopedia Talmudis under one of the entries. I have to remember which entry it was. 
there's a whole arichus about uh, it's yahar goyavar. It must be uh, it must be a yahar goyavar. And I uh, every case raping in this case and uh, to, to uh, unbelievable deviations on the theme that we one would have to be knowledgeable about to possibly save their own life or to fulfill the the mitzvahs properly and 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 for one's life to be spared. Anyways, <clears throat> not for now. Says the Gemara Elamai Why is it that we say? that there is something so strict about Midos, says the Gemara, a very powerful line and a very difficult line to understand at the same time. But the powerful pops off the page. We have to see Rashi afterwards. Says the Gemara, where three lines into the wide lines on Chafalaf and Aleph, Hani Efshar B'tshuva. In one case, you're able to do Tshuva. And Hani, Lo Efshar B'tshuva. When we're comparing Midos to Kares, when it comes to, to Midos to Arayos, when it comes to Arayos, you can Yes, affirmative, you can do tshuva. And when it comes to midos, e efshar, lo efshar b'tshuva. So says Rashi, five lines down. First of all, Rashi changes the language of the Gemara. Arayos efshar bitakana. Very different language than our Gemara. Our Gemara seems to imply that there's tshuva. Here, it seems to be that you can fix it. Let's read Rashi together. Rashi's five lines down. Kolzman sheloholid mamzer. For as much as a couple, the Arayos is married, if they have yet to bring a child into the world, you should separate from her and with regret, and you should, you should say sorry to a Kodesh Baruch Hu that you broke his Torah. When it comes to messing with measures, we don't even know who to return it to. Even though it's true, even though it's true that we've given a degree of takana, to um, even though it's true, we've given a degree of takana to you can get fixed for sarche rabim lav tshuva ma'al yasehi. I'm seeing here that there might be. Can you hear me? Okay, it's a little bit. Let me just fix it. I think uh, no. Okay, we're still good. Okay, so that's what the Gemara says here is that the tshuva is a little bit more difficult when it comes to midos as when it comes to arayos. Very good. Okay, says the Gemara, that was answer number one. Where, where do we see the, in the Psukim that we have this idea, um, that we have this idea of Shneos? And we answered from the word Ha'el. Answer number two, Rabbi Yehuda Omer Mehacha, Izein V'chikher Tikein Meshalem Harbe, that uh, Shlomo Melech made a lot of Meshalem. Bamar Ula, let's try and understand this, uh, this Pasuk in Kohelas. I think the Pasuk's in Kohelas. Anybody? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Says the Gemara, Omer Rebbe Lazar. What? Sure, 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 sure. Nice false humility there. Subtle like a sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. Says the Gemara, Amar Lazar, Kodem Shabbat Shlomo. Before Shlomo, we, we were clueless about what Torah was. Haisa Torah Doma Lekfifa Sheinlo's Naim. It was like carrying an oversized container that had no handles. Very hard to grasp. And instead, what he did is he made handles. He made the Torah approachable in a way that we would, would never have fathomed without him. <clears throat> The Torah, to start with, is well beyond our grasp. We don't even need Yavamos to teach us that. Even in Brachos, even in the easier Megillah, even in the easier Masechahs, we still barely know what we're talking about. But one of the reasons we have a clue is because of Shlomo. What did he do? So he, he gave us a clue. And the Rishonim here explain as follows. When we have Dine Deoraisa, if you don't put handles, if you don't put guidelines in, there's no way that you're going to be able to navigate it on your own. We have a principle by Arayos called Ein Apotropis La Arayos. We, we don't trust ourselves when it comes to our rows. My Rebbe, Mufak, Rabbi David Miller Shlita, who's the Rosh Kolal and the Gros Kolal in Yisrael, he's Makbid Gomer on computers. He treats them behilchos yichud, sofa. He is never alone with a device that has a browser. End of story. It'll never happen that he will violate any Yisurim because he is literally, his, I, when I, and I, I, I saw this. He said to his daughter, uh, sweetheart, I'm just going to check my email. Can you come sit in the room with me? In his own house, even in a room, it was a house with a bunch of kids around. 
He treated it, we don't trust ourselves when it comes to our rails. And that's what's happening over here. Easy in the Oznaim, the handles was the Shneos. It's giving us Isuri Darabanan so that there's yet another layer to prevent us from getting to Isuri Doraisa. Ravoshaya Amr, our third answer, Mehacha Piraehu Al Tavor, Bosateme Alavav, or what is this Pasuk talking about? Amr Avashi Mashal Draboshia, Lama Dobradome, La Dumashamer Pardes. It's like a person whose job it is to protect the orchard. If he stands outside the orchard at the opening of the orchard, Mishamro Mi Bachutz, if he's standing there and there's only one entrance, Kulo Mishamer, he's good to go. No one's getting in. This is the one place of entry, and it's all safe. Mishamro Mi Bifnim, but once he's inside the orchard and he can't look at the door anymore, so then of there, only that which is immediately in front of him can he protect. That which is behind his back, he doesn't have eyes in the back of it, says, So says the Gemara, that's his idea of, of Oznaim, is that it's making sure that there's an extra Shmira on the orchard. But Ravashi slugs up the mushal and he says as follows, What Ravashi just said is incorrect. It's not like the Pardes. And here comes our nice little dose of Musar for the day. Hasam, over there, when it comes to protecting an orchard, <laughs> that which you have in front of you, at least you're, you're going to have some degree of protection. But if not for Dini forget it. You absolutely will fail. That is the Torah's assumption when it comes to Arayos, is that if we don't have a system in place, a person will fail. This is uh, common knowledge and common practice. That's why uh, all the rabbis uh, in the community, our rabbis as well, recommend making sure that everybody has a proper filter on their phone. Good. Answer number four. The reason we know that we have shneos, that we have these dine de that surround Yovamos is from the Pasuk that reads, Ushmartim es Mishmarti. That's what the Pasuk reads. And what's the drasha? Asumishmeris the Mishmarti. You should make a fence around my uh, around my statutes. What that means is that we have Dine de that surround Dine de Raisa. Asks the Gemara a little more than halfway down, 12 lines or so into the wide lines. That Pasuk is a Pasuk in Chumash. If you're going to make a drasha that there are shneos because of mishmeres and mishmarti, then they're dina doraisa. <laughs> they're not dina derabonan because that pasuk means that you have to make a safeguard for the halacha. So it says the Gemara, no, the pasuk is doraisa, but the drasha is derabonan, upirshu rabonan. The pasuk says what it says. The rabbis are the ones who explained it. Asks the Gemara a very important question. The only way we understand Torah is by drashas from the Chachamin. So if you're going to tell me that, uh, oh, no, we make a chakira. When we have the Pasuk, that's what Hashem said. But what the rabbis interpreted as is derabanan, you just undercut the whole entire Torah. Every drush and chumash that we have, every you go to the, the, the Tariag mitzvos. That's because the Chachamim had a drush on a Pasuk. We don't, we don't know how to do that. Only the Chachamim knew how to do that. So says the Gemara, if you're going to say such a thing, then kol Torah nami, pirshu rabbanan. The rabbis said, the answer is the Gemara. You're right, Ella. Therefore, it is midirabanon vikras machta alma. Therefore, we see that really it is just a din dirabanon. The pasuk is only being used here midirabanon. As well, we should have asked the kasha. We've seen this pasuk before and we've used it for drushos before, and therefore we cannot use it more than once. But when you're using something for an asmachta, no problem at all. All right, thinking caps. Tana Rabban and the rabbis teach us two-thirds of the way down, Chaf Aleph Amid Aleph at the two dots. The Gemara says, Mahim Shneos. What are examples of Shneos? The Gemara here in, the, in this b'risa is going to present eight cases. Eight is an important number. We'll, we'll come back to it hopefully at the end of the page, if, hopefully before Shacharis. The Gemara says that there are eight uh, scenarios of Din Derabanan. What are the eight scenarios that are Dine Derabanan? Remember that these are rabbinic. Aim Imo, the mother of your mother. So says the Gemara, that is only an Isser Derabanan. Next, the Aim Aviv, the mother of one's father, Din Derabanan. The Eishes Avi Aviv. 
Eishes Avi, your father's father's wife. Then the Rabbanon. Eishes Avi Imo, your mother's father's, your Avi Imo, yes, your mother's father's wife. Also the Rabbanon. It is your father's brother's wife. And the father and brother are related only on the maternal side. And then the same, but on the paternal side. You have the mother's brother's wife, but only from the father's side. And your son's daughter-in-law. And your daughter's, and your daughter's daughter-in-law. All of these cases are dine de These are referred to as the shniyos. So again, like by Hilchos Shabbos, we can often guess when something is derabanan or Doraisa. Here, we're clueless. That's why it's important to know that when we don't have a frame of reference, these are a little shocking that a grandmother is even relevant me Doraisa. That means that if you do Yibum with your grandmother, it technically is Chal. The marriage is Aser, but the mechanics of the Kedushan work. That's a wild concept because we don't think that way. That's what the Torah says. Mido Raisa, it's mutter. We have it in this Rabbana. In this Brisa, these are the eight. In this Brisa, it's also going to talk about a case that we're going to have to spend some time on the on the copies here. It says the Gemara, Umutter Adam Chama. A man is allowed to marry his father-in-law's wife, not his mother-in-law, but his father-in-law's new wife. So the, let's say the mother-in-law is no longer alive. The father-in-law, your father-in-law remarries, and therefore. Uh, you can marry his wife if, upon their divorce or upon your father-in-law's death as well. Ube'eshes chorgo. A chorgo is a stepson, the wife of a stepson. It's not your son. It's your newly married wife's son and his wife. And then the son gets divorced and you get divorced from your wife. Under those circumstances, you can marry the wife of a stepson. But the aser, the bas chorgo. It's forbidden to marry the daughter of the chorgo of your stepson. Bechorgo, the stepson himself, is mutter beishto uvito. The chorgo is allowed to marry the stepfather's wife and daughter. The eishes chorgo omeres, and the wife of the stepson can say to the stepfather, omeres, uh, omeres lo, she says to her stepfather, animu teres lach, ubiti asura lach. All right, let's go to this piece of paper. Uh, which case is this? Yeah, let's look at the one that, that, oh, sorry, is it this one? Yeah, look at the one on the top that says Ruben, Rochel, and Yaakov, if you have a copy. All right, so here's our case. Let's learn it outside and we'll go back inside. The initial marriage is that Rochel is married to Yaakov on the top. They have a child named Chaim. Rochel and Yaakov get divorced. That's the X1, Yaakov and Rochel divorce. And then Rochel marries Ruben. Meanwhile, Chaim, the child of Rachel and Yaakov, marries Leah, and they have a child named Milka. And then Chaim and Leah get divorced. Leah is Ruvain's steps. Let's do this the right way. Ruvain and Chaim is stepfather and stepson, because it's not his child, only through marriage. It's Rachel's child. So Ruvain and Rachel are currently married. Ruvain's stepson is Chaim, and Ruvain's stepson's wife is Leah. So if Chaim, if Chaim and Leah get divorced, and as well, if Rachel and Ruvain get divorced, or if Rachel dies, can Leah marry Ruvain, and can Leah marry Malka? So, so that's what the Gemara is saying, is that Ruvain can marry Leah. What? Can Ruvain marry Leah, and can Ruvain marry Malka? That's the Gemara's question. That's, what the Gemara, that's the case of the Gemara. What? What did I say? What did I say? 
Sorry, that is not this sugya. That is not this sugya. Happy to discuss it when the time comes. Sorry. We have enough problems. This family tree is complicated enough and there's only six people in it. Sorry, let me re-speak. I'm still not going to edit any of my shiur. It hasn't happened yet. So says the Gemara uh, that we're discussing a case where Ruvain has an opportunity to either marry Leah or Ruvain has an opportunity to marry Malka. So the Gemara says that Ruvain is allowed to marry Leah, but Ruvain is not allowed. Ruvain is not allowed to marry Malka. So let's go back inside the Gemara. The Gemara says, um, let's go to the Aishas Chorgo Omeris, 12 lines or so from the bottom. The Aishas Chorgo Omeris. So this is Leah. Leah is the Aishas Chorgo. She's the wife of the stepson. She says to Ruvain, Animuteres Lach, I can marry you, but Ubiti, my daughter, Malka Asuralach, you cannot marry her. Why did that whole thing change? What? It was like a list this one, this one, this one, and then all of a sudden, Omeris. Like, what, why is she talking all of a sudden? Well, the Gemara is going to a little bit answer that question, uh, but it, it is articulating this important distinction between Leah being perfectly mutter to marry Ruvain and Malka being perfectly usser. It's showing a very sharp, extreme contrast case. What's super strange about it is that it doesn't fit in this brisa because it's not Durabana. The Gemara is going to ask. Correct. The syntax changed. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't, I didn't see any Rishonim who discussed that. Yeah, the syntax, you're correct. The syntax is wildly different. That's correct. But I don't know. Then the Gemara says, hey, wait one second. The Bas Chorgo, Leah's daughter Malka, her relationship to Ruvain is such that they can't get married on a Torah level. Bas Chorgo is Deoraisahi. Why is it Deoraisa? What is Ruvain's relationship to Malka? Bloodline, nothing. But he was married to Rachel, and Rachel was the grandmother of Malka. So therefore, the Gemara says, the Bas Chorgo is Asrmi Deoraisa, Dechsiv, when you marry someone, you are then forbidden to her granddaughter, which would be in this case, Malka. So says the Gemara, the reason why we spoke about the case of uh, Bas Chorgo was as follows. Because we wanted to have that case to articulate the distinction between a Doraisa and Mutter as it relates to an Isra Daraisa of Malka to marry Ruvain, and it's Mutter for Leah to marry Ruvain. Even though it's true, Leah says, that my daughter Malka's Asra to me Daraisa, by me there isn't even a Din Dirabanan. So it says the Gemara, because of that, therefore, Tanarei Nami Bas We have that case, which is obviously a case that's Midoraisa. Says the Gemara, if you're looking for a sharp contrast, I have a sharp contrast case for you. Ihachi, here's the following scenario. What about a case of Eishes Chama, a man who wants to marry his father-in-law's wife, not the mother-in-law, but the father-in-law's new wife, Nami? That case is also true. Tema, what could have been said? The daughter, Animu Tereslach, Ubiti Asuralach, Dahavya Achos Ishto. What is this case? So turn the page over and let's look at the case of Eishes Chama. Oi Hashem Yerachim. So let's see, we have this. It's actually started out nicely. Okay, Yaakov and Leah, nice couple in the community. They had a son named Ruven. Ruvain's in Shaduchim, everything is well, and then uh, he's, they meet uh, the Chaim and Rina family. Chaim and Rina have a daughter named Malka, and Ruvain and Malka get married, there's a vort, everything is great. Then things start to, start to go sour, and Chaim and Rina divorce, and Chaim marries Penina. Penina and Chaim have a daughter named Rachel. And then Ruvain and Malka get divorced. So now Ruvain... In the, in the divorce of Ruvain to Malka, he has completely severed that blue tie to the entire Chaim, Rina, Penina family. Completely severed. 
So the Gemara is saying like this, now that that sever, is it, now that this relationship between Ruvain and Malka has been severed, and there really is no connection between Yaakov and Leah's family and Chaim and Rina's family, can Ruvain now marry Penina? And can Ruvain marry Rachel? So that is the question that we're asking. So let's go back into the Gemara. The Gemara says, Tema, six lines up from the bottom, Tema, what could have been said is, Animu teres lach. Penina could have said to Ruvain, I'm mutter to you, Ubiti asura lach, but my daughter Rachel is usher to you. You wanted to bring me the case on the other side of the page. I can show you another case where it's mutter midoraisa and usher midoraisa for a mother and a daughter. The Gemara says that's why Rachel's out of the, out out down for the count, but Penina can certainly marry Ruben. So that's what the Gemara posits. Why is it that you're saying that uh, that this case is any worse than that case? So the Gemara says the difference in the two cases are simple. In regards to the first case that we learned, so in the first case that we learned, the relationship between um, a, a man like Ruvain and his granddaughter through marriage Malka, that will never ever change. There will always be a Pasuk and Chumash about that. However, in the case of Eishas Chamav that we learned, we had said that Penina's Usr is Mutter to Ruvain, but Rachel's Usr to Ruvain because Rachel and Malka are sisters. But had Malka died, then Rachel could have then married Ruvain in this, in this new case. And therefore, says the Gemara Halopsikale, that this new case is... Um, it's not definite. It can change based on the on the on what's happening. If Malka dies, then Rachel is then eligible again. Next level, five lines from the bottom. Amarav Arba Nashim Yeshlam Hefsek. There are four women who have a hefsek. What does this mean? Not a hefsek from Hilchos Nida. That would be completely out of context. Rashi tells us what's going on. Two lines into the wide lines. What does it mean? Dalad Nashim. Shinios, there's four women who have a dindarabanan status, Rashi adds, and Yeshlan Hefsek, Shalamalamehen, Ulamatamehen Mutter. They themselves are Usr, but the generation above them and below them are Mutter. So we'll see what these four are in the Gemara. Nakit Rab Biyadetlas, Rab had three of them in his hand. It's interesting the Gemara says that Rab had four, because the Gemara then says that Rab has three, but maybe Rab was quoting from somebody else. What are the three that Rab holds in his hand? Says the Gemara as follows. The mother's brother's wife, so this mother and brother have the same father, and this your mother's brother's wife, uh, she is one of these cases that is a hefsek. She herself is a surah, but the generation up and the generation down from her is mutter. You have a, your father and his brother are maternal brothers, and this, uh, your father's brother's wife is also in this category. That's number two. The Kalaso and a man's daughter-in-law. The Gemara is going to throw the daughter-in-law out because that we know is a Pasuk and Chumash. We'll get there soon. Those are the first three in this category of, of Hefsek, where the woman herself has an Isser Durabonon status. But those one generation older, that woman's mother or that woman's daughter, would then be perfectly mutter. Uzi'iri mosif af Zi'iri adds in one more. We've been talking about your parents' generation, your parents' siblings' wives. Here we're going up to the grandparent generation. Af eshes avi imo, your mother's father's wife. So that's a third case that that's a fourth case that Zeiri adds. Amar of Nachman bar Yitzchak b'Simanech. How do we remember who says what? Because deilae rav. Very interesting plan words. This is greater than rav. What does that mean? The three cases that rav was talking about. <clears throat> 
we're only in the parent generation. So my parents, siblings, spouses. But what was the Iri talking about? My mother's father's spouse. We're going up to the grandparent generation. Ziiri Rab. This is a greater than Rab, only that in, in generations. We're talking about a generation that's still older. The Rav, my time Why didn't Rav include the case of Ziiri? Why didn't Rav include the case that Ziiri listed as your mother's father's wife, a grand a grandfather's wife? Says the Gemara, because it's too similar to another case. One would get confused between that case and Ashes Avi. Aviv, your father's father wife, which would be problematic. So therefore, he didn't include it. Visit Iri, what do you do about that? Well, we're less concerned about the father side of the family than we are about the mother side of the family. Why? Says the Gemara, and this must have been the Metzias at the time, last line of Chafal Thamaralev, was the Iri. The reason why he did include his case and wasn't worried about Rav's concern was because Lahasam Shriach Azil on the Family Zairi was more concerned, and that is why he then uh, included this case. Good. Asks the Gemara, how in the world did Rav include the case of Kalaso, a daughter-in-law, as a Shneos, as a Din Derabanan? Kalaso, as we turn to the top of Chafala from Adbeis. Doraisahi, a daughter-in-law is a Din Doraisa. On what planet would anyone even, we even know this, that a daughter-in-law is an Isra Doraisa? ervas kalos galet, that the, uh, the nakedness of one's daughter-in-law, they are not allowed to reveal. So says the Gemara, you're 100% right. There's just, uh, somebody didn't copy the Brisa, correct? The Ema, kalas bino. What we're talking about is your son's daughter-in-law. Oh, okay, good. The kalas bino, yesh la are you saying that Kalas Beno, that your son's daughter-in-law has a hefsake and that she is mutter, but the generation above her or below her are not mutter? I'm uh, sorry, she is usher. Sorry, let me start over. Is there such a scenario where the daughter-in-law of your son, she will be usher in one generation? She'll be usher in a scenario, but the generation above her or below her would be mutter. The Hatanya, we have a brisa that says, Kalaso uh, erva, a daughter-in-law is an erva, Kalas Beno, shnia. The case that you wanted to say is not correct. Here, it's a shnia. Here, we see that the daughter-in-law of your son is a shnia. All of the male descendants of yours and their daughters-in-law will always be restricted. And because they'll always be restricted, it can't be in the category of hefseh. Because the definition of hefsek is that it was only usher on that one moment, on that one person, but the generations below should have been mutter. And that's not true here because the Brisa says, Bivno uben beno atzof kol adoros. Ella says the Gemara, you're absolutely right. Let's try again. Ella ema kalas bito. What are we talking about? We're talking about your daughter's daughter-in-law. De Amar Rav Chizda. Rav Chizda says, Hamilsa migavra rabba shmi I heard a great thing from a great person. Or I heard this thing from a great person. Umanu, who was this great person? Rav Ami. What did Rav Ami say? Lo asru kala kala. A kala is only forbidden because of another kala. We don't know what this is talking about. The Amruli Kaldoi, Rav Chizda says that there was a Rashi calls this person on the third line, Hachosen Bikochavim, an astrologer, someone who knows it's the tarot cards or whatever, the psychic, you know, you knocked on the door, but this is probably a little bit more authentic. We don't know how these things work. I would have thought that some of this was usher, but we've seen this before by Moshe. It's Shal Moshe. We've seen this before in Shas. But the Gemara says that uh, there was a kaldoi, and a kaldoi is a person who is chose bekochavim. 
And he said, Milpano Habis, you're going, you're going to be a teacher, you're going to be a Rebbe. So what did Ruchizda say? Amina said as follows, if I end up being a big Talmud Chacham, so I'll be able to answer this question on my own. If I'm going to be reading Tanakh to children, so then fine, I'm not sitting in the base medrash, hitting the pavement and learning I'll have to ask the rabbis in the base medrash what this case was. So then, uh, I'm at a point now in my life, I've, I've been learning, and I'm going to say from my own opinion, says Ruchiza. And then what does that line mean, that cryptic line from above that Ravami said? Here's what it means. Lo asru kalas bito, elamishum kalas beno. The only reason we have an iser derabanon shnios, the only reason we have an iser derabanon with your daughter's daughter-in-law is because of your son's daughter-in-law. Your son's daughter-in-law has a long-term concern. And therefore, we have a rabbinic injunction that says on the daughter's daughter-in-law, we're also going to be concerned, but only for one generation. And that is the case that Rav was presenting in the Brisa, which is in the category of Hefsik, that she is Usr, but the generations below her will not be Usr. You're right, this actually played out in the family of Bey Bartzisai, where they had a, a son and they had a daughter in law to their son and a daughter in law to their daughter, and they had to know the difference. The same is true, Rav Papa says, and Ravashi, all of these cases had scenarios where they had a daughter and a son who had a daughter in law each, and it got confusing, and everybody needed to know the halacha. We're one third of the way down. Oh, um, okay. We're, uh, we'll hopefully get to the bottom of the page. Says the Gemara, we need to ask about one specific case, and we're going to spend some time focusing in on this. The Gemara asks as follows What about your mother's brother's wife? And the mother and brother are related only maternally on the mother's side, which is not as concerning as through the father's side. So the Gemara says, what about your mother and your mother and her brother who are maternally bound and your mother, your mother's brother's wife, Mahu? Okay, do we say that Do we only say that there's a rabbinic injunction in these distant cases when there is at least a father in the paternal line, either your father's brother or uh, something, some other case, or that they, at least they're bound paternally, the parents. So then that's when we have a dinder Aval in our case, where there is no father in the lineage. Remember, what's our case? Look back at the two dots. It's Eishes Achi Ha'em Min Ha'em. It's your mother's it's your mother's mother's lineage. There's no fathers here. Do we have Dine Dirabanan when the lineage is purely female, always maternal line, or no? Or does that do the Dine Dirabanan only apply when there is a father slash grandfather in the mix? Says the Gemara, it should be totally mutter. Why should that case be totally mutter? Your mother's brother's wife, when your mother and brother are bound on the maternal side, because Amarav Safra, he gufa gzera, the ana nekum vinigzor gzera gzera. We already have a case. Uh, all the cases where there is a mater, the paternal line, where we the cases that we just quoted. So in the case where there is a paternal line, even those cases are derabbanan. So now that we have a case when there are no there are no fathers in the lineage at all, we're going to say there as well that that's exera derabbanan. But on a nekom it's not right. We have a principle: you're allowed to have exera, but you're not allowed to have exera exera. Says Rava, that's not correct in this case. We have we see ex an extreme number of cases where we have what would seemingly look like Zera Lixera. And Ra Rava presents three of them. 
All of these cases appear, many of these cases appear to be Xero Lixero. And he is considered to be an erva. Um, sorry, I'm seeing the sound change here. Let me just fix that. There you go. Says the Gemara, here's the first example. We're halfway down on Rava, uh, He says as follows, Emo erva, we know that a person's mother is an erva. Aim emo shnia. A mother's mother is a shnia. She has a din on status. The gazru al aim aviv mishum aimimo. And we have a gzera, this third case that we're talking about is a gzera on the gzera of aimimo. We have a gzera of aim uh, aviv, of the mother of your father, mishum aimimo, because of a din de rabbanon, a shnia of your grandmother. So there, of a time of my, why is that? Kulhu The reason we did this is because it's really all under one zera. It's the grandmother concern, which we could call based on this language. Ema rabasi. So we're gonna, we have an expansive, uh, an expansive list of dinim that fall under this umbrella. It's, oh, it all looks like zera like zera, but it's really not. Second example, we know that Ashes aviv erba. Your father's, your father's wife is erba. We also know that Ashes Avi Aviv, that your grandfather's wife is a Shnia, that's only a Dindarabana. That's not a Dindaraisa. And on top of that Dindarabana, we built yet another Dirabana. The Gazral Ashes Avi Imo Mishum Ashes Avi Aviv. We know that there's a Gzera on your mother's father's wife because of your father's father's wife. When, the, when it's all maternal line, it's less concerning. Uh, that's for another time. And, but on the father's father said it was all based on the same Xera. I is Xera Xera. No, it's all under the same umbrella. But time of my, what is that umbrella? Kulu debe Abba Rabba Karule. This is all grandfather stuff. And the third example that Rava gives to show that we're not really concerned about Xera Xera is as follows. We know that your father's brother's wife is Erva, as long as it's on the paternal side. And we know that your father's brother's wife, when they are bound maternally, is a dindarabanon. And what's the gzera that we added on top of that? Seemingly gzera l'gzera. The gazral We were gozer in cases that really had no relevance to anything do rice at all. It was all based on the dindarabanon. What was this new gzera? It was on your mother's brother's wife on the paternal side. Uh, because of your father's brother's wife on the maternal side, the time of my Mishum Dekulu, the Bay Dodi Karluhu, they're all under the umbrella of an uncle. So it's not Xera Xera. The way that we're looking at this is that it's simply all one umbrella of Xera. Anyways, we didn't answer our question yet that we started with at one third of the way down. We said, what about the case of a mother's brother's father when that mother and brother are maternally related? Says the Gemara, Toshma, the Chiyasar of Yehuda Bar Shila Omar, when he came from Eretz Yisrael, he taught us something new. Amri, they say, Bima What do they say? Very difficult principle. Kol Akeva Erva. Anything that when we apply a rule with a woman that we call it Erva, Bizachar in her male counterpart, Gazra al Ishto, Mishum Shnia. So let's say there's a brother and we said she was an Erva. Let's say that there was a woman, there's a sister, and she is an erva. So if we replace her with a man and say it's a brother, so then the brother's wife will have the same din as that Nikeva. That's what the Gemara says. The Omar Rava, Rava says, that's not true. Uklalahu, is that really a general rule? 
And Rava gives five punches to the gut, one after the other, of cases where we see that a woman was replaced with a man and that was that it was not correct. Here's number one. Chamoso erva. Your mother-in-law is an erva. Eishes chamov muteres. But when your mother-in-law is replaced with her male counterpart, which is chamov, your father-in-law, his wife is mutter to you if everybody gets divorced properly. So your rule is not really a rule, Rabbi Huda Bar Shila. Number two. Bas chamoso erva. Your mother-in-law's daughter is a surah to you. Eishes ben chamoso. If you swap her out uh, with a man, then Eishes ben chamoso, then the wife of the son of your mother-in-law is muteris. So then you're wrong. Number three, bas chamov erva. The daughter of your father-in-law is going to be uh, an erva. Eishes ben chamov. The wife of your father-in-law's son is totally fine. Muteris. Chorgaso, uh, your stepdaughter is erva. Ashes Chorgo, but had you swapped out the Chorgaso with a Chorgo with a stepson, the stepson's wife is Muteris. And the last one, where Rava is just totally destroying the sheet of Rabbi Huda Barshila, Bas Chorgaso, the daughter of your stepdaughter is Erva, your granddaughter through marriage, but Ashes Ben Chorgo, but your stepson's son's wife is Muteris. So says the Gemara, all of these cases ruin the rule that Rabbi Yehuda Bar Shila tried to say, which was, it's just not true. And therefore, we need to understand a little bit better what case was Rabbi Yehuda Bar Shila trying to teach. So says the Gemara, what was he trying to include? Was he not trying to answer our question? Our question, one third of the way down, was about Let's see what this says. Maybe Rabbi Yehuda Bar Shila in his enigmatic comment was trying to answer our question. What is the halachic status of your mother's brother's wife? Can you marry that woman if the mother and brother are bound on the maternal side? So says the Gemara. Hmm, oh, says the Gemara. erva. So there, in that case, we talk to see what he was trying to say, that this is a case of erva, and had it been male, it also would have been a dinder abanan. So therefore, we see an application of Rabbi Yehuda Bar Shila's principle. Says the Gemara, that's a fine answer. We seem to accept that answer. But the Gemara is bothered. Why is it that in the five cases that Rava listed, that when we swapped out the woman for a man, the rules were not the same. We said those were all cases were muteris, but by Rabbi Yehuda Bar Shila, there was a dinder abonin. Why is there a difference between them? And the Gemara gives a beautiful response. Why is it that when it comes to Rava, all five of his things are perfectly fine. It's mutter to marry the male counterpart, the wife of the male counterpart. But when it comes to, when it comes to Rabbi Yehuda, it was a nisr der abonin. Listen to what the Gemara says. This is a very important idea. In one case where we were more concerned, ha bechad kedushin mekarevla. Where only one marriage had to take place, we were more concerned. That's all that had to happen is I had to marry my, what was the case? I, have, I would have had to have married my mother's brother's wife on the maternal side. That's just me marrying one person. One thing wrong. So then we say, no, that's too close. However, says the Gemara, but hani if I have a question about my in-laws, the first thing I have to do is marry their daughter and then get divorced and marry somebody else. That's two conditions there were less concerned. All of the cases of Rava were staggered. I needed to first marry one person, divorce her and marry another. Those cases are very unlikely. And therefore there were no rabbinic injunctions in those cases. Last sugya for the night, it will take us to the top of the next page. Oh.
Okay, let's move quickly. Sorry. Shalach le'rav mesharshia mitusnia le'rav papi. Yilamdenu rabbeinu, please teach us halacha. Eishes achi ha'av, eishes achi avi ha'av. What about my father's father's brother's wife? And as well, be'achos avi ha'av mahu. What about my father's father's sister? Do we say that me lamata erva lamala nami lamala that the generation younger is erva? Therefore, these people would as well be erva. O dilma ha ispalig darta, or no, have the generations separated enough? Ispalig means to separate or to cut in half, literally. Is there is there a distance between the darta between the generations? Says the Gemara. I have a simple answer for you. Your case is not included in the Shneos Mishnah. Says the Gemara, Tashma, Mahen Shneos. We've already learned what the Shneos are. In your case, was not included. So says the Gemara, maybe ton of a shir. Maybe, the, maybe they taught some of them, but didn't include all of the exceptions that are Shneos, and maybe ours was also included. Says the Gemara, let's entertain that possibility. My shear the high shear. What if if what was what else was left with your idea that was left? Shear shneos to be We haven't learned these yet, but we're going to. We're going to learn the dine derabanan of rivchia, which also belong in a similar list as the one we said. Says the Gemara, five lines from the bottom. Uh, you know, what, let's just stop here because it's going to take me longer than two minutes. So we'll stop here at Amemar, the last, of, the first of the very long lines. Tomorrow, I'm, I'm just going to be recording and posting. I'm not going to be uh, in town. And uh, Wednesday, we're going to do Wednesday morning, Daf. Wednesday morning after the seven, after the 6.30 chakras. Wishing you all a beautiful night.